0: So I was thinking about this, this passage towards the end of you know, the end of the term, as it were, in the, in the run up to Christmas. And I, t- I just think it's got some useful ideas for us. It's 1 Samuel chapter seven. I'm only really gonna make one point out of it, even though there's a lot there that we could do. And for various, let's call them technical difficulties, it's not gonna appear on the screen behind you, but I'm gonna read it to you. Uh, out of the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 7, we're going to start at verse 7. Now, the context for this, so you know what's going on, is this is taken um, from an episode in the history of the nation of Israel around about 1000 BC, probably just a bit before 1000 BC. Uh, It's the time, essentially, of the judges, where there aren't kings in Israel, there's just kind of loose, kind of tribal leaders rise up and do. And at the time, a prophet called Samuel is leading the... the the Jewish people, God's people, um, and they're in a a state of constant um, conflict with the Philistines, some of the neighbouring people in the land. And the previous chapters have narrated all sorts of difficult encounters that they've had with the Philistines. And what I'm going to read is just a few verses that brings this episode of conflict to an end. And there's one particular point I want to make out of it that I think is useful for us to think about at the end of a year that's finishing, start of a new year, but also conveniently that will t- tee us up nicely for more kind of testimonies of what God's done this year. So you're happy for me to read it? Yeah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them all along the way to a point below Beth-Kah. Now there's lots of stuff that if I had time, we would obviously have to talk about the whole kind of violence thing uh, and and battles and fighting is a really difficult one when, when we find it in the Bible. If, if you think of it the wrong way, you think that God's somehow sort of a warmongering God, that he loves fighting people. But actually, really what's going on is just the reality of the ancient world for most people groups was it was a state of constant warfare uh, with the neighbours. And people were really fighting for survival. So this isn't some sort of weird, you know, biblical jihad or something like that. This is just people trying to trying to f- stay alive, trying to fight and, and stay alive and asking God, please help us, please Help us not to be overrun here. Obviously, it's still hugely tragic. It's not like, hooray, the Israelites slaughtered the Philistines. Isn't it wonderful? It's like, no, It's a tragedy. It's always a tragedy, whether it's in real life or in the Bible. We, these, are, these, are, these are awful things. But the world they're living in, they're having to fight for survival. Then Samuel took a stone a large stone, it's not a small one as you'll see, and set it up between Mitzpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and they stopped invading Israel's territory throughout Samuel's lifetime. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. So hopefully you've sort of seen... The kind of the idea these guys are fighting survival. God helps them, and they achieve a decisive victory over the Philistines, which allows them to live in their land in peace and security. We could do a whole load of stuff about the difficulties of the kind of warfare in the Bible. We could do a whole load of stuff about Samuel praying and the fact that that made the real difference. It was Samuel's prayer. We could do a load of stuff about what does he mean sacrifice sort of a suckling lamb and we can look into the whole Old Testament sacrificial system, but we're not. What I want to do is I want to focus on verse 12, the stone that he set up. Let me read it to you again, because obviously it's not behind me. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shane. He named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer is just a little mini Hebrew Sentence, it's putting two words together. It means a stone of help. It's putting the two words together, stone of help. And it's putting it up. So he's not just calling it Ebenezer because he's read a Christmas carol or something like that, thinks it's a nice name. He's putting it up as a reminder, and it's probably a big thing, maybe six foot tall, something like that. And he's propping it up. It's a standard thing they did in the ancient Near East. They because it was quite hard to record things, a stone was a really good way of doing it. You put a big stone up. And sometimes you carved on it a little inscription to tell you what it was all about. And archaeologically, we've got lots and lots of these from the ancient Near East. This one he specifically sets up so that when people say, what's that big stone all about? They can say, that's the Ebenezer. That's the stone of help. That's the thing that reminds us that it is God that has brought us this far. Thus far, the Lord has helped us, is the little phrase he uses. And it was there for the next few weeks, When people are like, oh, isn't it great not to have the Philistines attacking us? Yeah, but look at Ebenezer. This Father Lord has helped us. Right, of course, it's God, not our own sort of superb military ability that's done it. Or even our wonderful prayers that have made the difference. Ultimately, our prayers are to God and God makes a difference. It was there for the years ahead when after a while they forgot the battles And they just thought, yeah, this is just what life is like for us in this part of Israel. We just live a lovely, you know, life under the blessing of God. But Ebenezer was there to say, no, no, remember the stone of help. Remember, this far the Lord has helped us. It's his work that's brought us to this state of peace, not our own. It's there for the future generations. So that when little kids were running around and going, what's that stone for? What do those little scratchings on it mean? They could say, oh, let me tell you or they'd do it in an old person's voice, wouldn't they, I suppose? Oh, let me... No, that's Yoda, that doesn't work. Uh, what do old people sound like? Like me, I suppose. They just, they just go... Just like, you. just like me. They'll go, oh, you little whippersnapper, because that's what we all say to kids nowadays. They'll say, that's the Ebenezer getting back on track. That reminds us, this far the Lord has helped us. The whole point of the Ebenezer is that we don't forget what God has done for us, we don't forget that it's God who's brought us to this particular point, not our own skill at navigating the complex realities of life, not our own sort of spiritual wonderful maturity. This Father Lord has helped us. The Ebeneezer was there to remind them there. So you get what's going on in the story. Happy with that? Yeah? My one point is this. We culturally, and I don't necessarily mean kind of UK culture, I mean us as a church... Culturally, we need to find a way of having Ebenezers, don't we? We need to have a way of reminding us, oh, this Father Lord has helped us. God has done this. I'm not proposing putting a large stone at the front of the building. That would be anachronistic. But I do think we probably need as individuals, and maybe as a church, need to think about ways of thinking, how can we remind ourselves of what God has done? Because reminding ourselves of what God has done in the past gives us faith and confidence for the future, doesn't it? Half the point of the Ebenezer is when life got tough, they could say, hey, remember the Ebenezer, the stone of help, this far the Lord has helped us. Because it's great that we celebrate, most of us, God's done something, it's oh, isn't it wonderful what God's done? But then life goes on and then there's a fresh challenge, fresh difficulties, a fresh battle to fight. And it can be really easy to just think, Oh, it's a disaster. Well, where's God when I need him? And I think we need to find some ways of reminding ourselves as individuals and as a church of what God has done. Now, I haven't done the hard work for you in this. I haven't really got a suggestion. I know in in the old school days, people would often, they'd have like a book. People often have a notebook and they'd write down. Every time God's answered a prayer, every time God's delivered, every time God's got something through, they'd write it down so they could go back and flick through it. That's a really good idea, isn't it? You know, whether you want to make it a diary thing or a journal thing or just a book that's just for, I'm going to write down what God's done. You could write Ebenezer on the front of it if you wanted. It's not necessary, but it could help. But that's kind of old school. I then thought, well, there's there's sort of up-to-date modern stuff which I don't really consider myself a part of. Social media, I don't know. Some people, you could stick up on social media every time God comes through for you. Just want to thank God for doing this. And then you can flick through your timeline, as I believe that they're called, and remind yourselves of what God has done. But I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really going to do much. I just think that's a challenge rather than a, a, a recommendation. Do you know what I mean? I think you want to find ways that work for you. Maybe you can get some tattoos or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't recommend that, but... I don't know. I mean, I, you need to find ways of reminding yourself of what God has done, is my point. And you're happy with that point, aren't you? And we know it's important to do that because reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past gives us faith and confidence for what God's going to do in the future. Amen?